Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things he does. Welcome to the Altered Podcast, where we honor God and the things that he does. Now, Ben and Dina, we have had a two-week break. Now, you people that listen... To this, yes, I said you people uh, that listen <laughs> to this, um, we have had a two-week break, but you haven't, so you've got to hear us in the breaks. But Ben, tell us why you was out on your f- break, because one week was your fault, second week was my fault, yep. second my week wife's was fault. Jesus' fault. <laughs> <laughs> so one week, yeah, we one week we went on vacation, praise the Lord, needed that. Man, vacation is so good. It just recharges you. You feel so much better. He tanned his bald spot. Oh, buddy, I tanned my, yeah, <laughs> burned my bald spot's what I did. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then the second week, Hunter, what happened with you? Yeah, our baby was born. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So if I sound tired, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> All the parents are like, I totally relate. <laughs> well, that's what people always always saying. Like, I hope you bank up your sleep now. I'm like, look, I have a three-year-old. And she'll be three by the time this drops. I'm like, I haven't slept in three years. <laughs> so. Yep. And then on top of that, not only have we had babies being born, and because shout out to Courtney, her baby was born. I know y'all don't know her necessarily, but Bell's Clan, we love you, and we're so proud for Courtney to have her baby. So not only have babies been born and vacations have been happening, but then there was been natural disasters down in uh, Kentucky with all the floodwaters and the rain. Um, so we've been down there trying to help with the uh, my family. Um, it was funny. So my my family they call me um, my brother in particular, and he goes, "Hey," he said uh, he was listening to episode one. Finally, um, thanks, bro. <laughs> and he's, he's calling you out right now, Shannon. Just yes, so you know. yes, I am. And he goes, uh, "Oh, I hear that you have a family." Uh, I was like, "Yeah, what? Of course I have a family." He goes, "Yeah, you have a mom and a wife." I guess you're embarrassed of me, aren't you? And I, I immediately responded with, yes, I am. But then I went to go see them, and my nephews were like, Uncle Ben, will you give us a shout-out? And so, Mason and Miles, this is your shout-out. Nephews, I love you very much. I'm so glad y'all are listening to the Altered Podcast. Shout-out. Shout-out to the nephews. Now, there's been a lot of things that's happened positively with the Altered Podcast in our two weeks off. Yeah. Our first couple of episodes have exploded um, bigger and better than we ever thought possible. Um, so thank you, everyone who listens to this. Uh, thanks to Ben and Dina for putting in the hard work. And thank you, Hunter. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. To, to, to get all this out and this ready, and uh, it w- wouldn't be possible without everybody who listens and puts in the hard work. That's right. Thanks to our monthly givers who give us to us monthly, and they support us to help us buy new equipment and all this good stuff. Yep. Um, and we will eventually mention y'all by name whenever I have it in front of me. And then we are, we we was, for the first two episodes, just on the East Coast. We was nearly in every state on the East Coast. But now we have hit worldwide. We're we international. Are. That's right. Wow. In Zimbabwe. Yep. And the United Kingdom. I'm telling you. <laughs> Long live the queen. <laughs> I, and I whoever leads Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> I get a text. I get a text from Dina, and it says, Long live the queen. And I'm like, what is this No, about? I said, God save the queen. Oh, yes. Oh. God save the queen. I was like, what is this about? And I was like, and so I went to the altered podcast, and I looked, and we were in the United Kingdom. Yeah, buddy. And so that's amazing. Cause Wouldn't it be awesome if it was the queen that was listening? Whoa. Shout uh, out to the queen. The head of the <laughs> church in England. You. Is she? What? Well, she used to be. I don't know if that's oh. still the thing anymore. Hmm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Monarchy. <clears throat> so speaking of shout outs, we need to give a shout out to someone else too. Jesus? No. Oh. Yes. Oh, we love Jesus. <laughs> um, but we need to give a shout out to our, our podcast hosting platform. Um, if, if you've been listening a little bit, we've had anchor, yeah, we've had anchor.fm ads on our podcast. Now anchor actually supports us through those ads. And so at this time, we just want to say thank you to anchor the platform that hosts our podcast with this ad. And so we're back. Thank you all for listening to that ad. It just helps us buy podcasting equipment and love on you guys a little bit and put this podcast out there for the world to hear. Yeah, and today we're going to be talking about Resisting Temptation Part 2, and it's going to be in that uh, 
series that we've been calling Living That Christian Life, That's part right. whatever. This is episode <laughs> eight. <laughs> yes. So I think we're up to what, episode six of Living That Christian Life? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, just, I just edit things, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked last week about a lot of just what the Bible talks about temptation and how we see in scripture how that's handled and that's thrown out there. But today we're going to look at some practical application to what Jesus did. Um, so if you want to, but why we kind of banter back and forth about what we talked about last episode, just for a short bit, we'll be in Matthew uh, chapter four and where Jesus gets uh, tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Would you like me to read that Hunter? Um, in just a second. Okay. In just a second, Dina. Don't Sorry. skip ahead of the list. <laughs> well, you what said are it. you doing? I was ready to roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, tell us a little bit, uh, just a recap of what happened last week. <laughs> yep. As much for us as it is for you guys. Because, again, it's been two weeks with natural disasters, babies, and vacations. Yep. So there's a lot of things going on. Yep. So last time we talked a little bit about why resist temptation at all. So we talked about... Um, because we're commanded to do so, because we treasure Christ more than our sin, because we realize that our sin will kill us eventually, and because we know that there's something better that was prepared for us by God. Now, how do we resist temptation? Last time we looked at Ephesians chapter 4, and we talked about putting off our old self and allowing God to renew our mind. We talked about letting other people help and correct you. We talked about stop getting mad at everyone and just forgive and forget. We talked about replacing bad deeds with good deeds. We talked about imitating God not partnering with unbelievers, being wise, not getting drunk with wine, but being filled with the Spirit, and lastly, worshiping God. Now, strict warning, just for all you people who listen to us on the drive uh, to work and from work, this podcast will be a longer one um, because we gave you a 40-minute podcast, 49 minutes to be exact, <laughs> podcast of, <Editor. laughs> of what um, part one was. And so we're going we're gonna to give you your money's worth because you listen to that ad. <laughs> so we're <laughs> going to give you your 10 cents worth of uh, content today. So if it's an hour and 20 minutes, I'm sorry. But well, there's a lot of content. Actually, I'm not sorry. Get over it. Not sorry at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just listen to it. Pause it. When you get back to work, on your way home from work, just listen to it again, and you'll finish it eventually. But this sure. is going to be really good because this is going to tell you application-wise. You're like, hey, you understand that the Bible says resist temptation. I got that. So thanks, episode one or part one for that, uh, just to remind me that. But how do we really do that? Um, yep. And this episode will really, I think, help. Yep. And so we're going to look at the way that Jesus did it because he is the ultimate example. And we're, ta we're talking to ourselves right. as much as we're talking to you all and everything else. We're, we're preaching to ourselves yes. because we all struggle with temptation every single day. And even Jesus struggled with temptation. And Dina, now you can read Matthew chapter 4 about Jesus struggling with temptation. That's right. All right. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so I think we should pause right there. So we should pause here because we need to talk about what Je Jesus breaks this down into three steps whenever um, the devil tries to tempt him three times. So he breaks this down three times. So we need, we're going to break down each individual step. Um, so Ben, tell us what you think about this first encounter with Satan that Jesus has. Sure. So, so the first encounter we see is Satan talks to Jesus and he says, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. Um, and 40 nights. And so with him fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he's obviously hungry. What's the devil doing here? He is attacking Jesus' humanity. And so what we find is this attack was physical, but how does Jesus answer it? We see that Jesus' solution is spiritual. And so Jesus answers and he says, it is written. He doesn't make bread. He doesn't do any of that kind of stuff. He doesn't make a physical response to this. Rather, he responds with, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So, Ben, if I, so ben, if I like tempted you after you've been fasting for 40 days, yes. and I said, hey, With man. With a steak. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Listen, we went to shopping at Target yesterday, 
and Target. he hadn't ate. Okay, now. And he hadn't ate his lunch, and so or he breakfast. Wa- yeah, and so he's walking around. And eventually, he just puts his hand on the cart, and he goes, "We have got to go and get some food." <laughs> I was super angry. It so was ridiculous. This tells me that if I tempted Ben with a nice steak after he hasn't ate for a day, yes, <laughs> he would fall into this temptation. Oh, it would be so hard not to. Yes. Oh, and you give me six hours, I'll fall into this temptation. <laughs> and Jesus but did this for forty days. Forty days. Forty days. I mean, no was on the ark that long people yep, yep. and it's so cool because like not only do we see that jesus was tempted for 40 days you know fasting oh i'm sorry he was fasting for 40 days he wasn't tempted for 40 days he was fasting for 40 days but we also see in other places like moses he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights when um he got the 10 commandments from god um uh, we see this happen when elijah he was actually fed by god by actually by an angel um after this major uh, what I would call a spiritual battle, and then he goes without food for 40 days and 40 nights. Whenever we see fasting in the Bible for 40 days and 40 nights, something significant always happens afterwards. And in this case, something significant is about to happen with Jesus. So in this, I like how the Scripture even he make, it makes his humanity plain because I was watching TikToks. Dina sends me these TikToks, and then I go on to my For You page, and I see biblical TikToks. <laughs> um, You're welcome. <laughs> And so, but it was talking about how Jesus' deity is in question, and all, and that's one of the biggest. Even the people so uh, called Christians nowadays will question the deity of Christ. Not mm-hmm. only atheists, but Christians are, or so called Christians, are doing that as well. Yep. But here we can see the Scripture is talking about the deity of Jesus Christ. How is that? Because it said he was hungry. It talks about his You're humanity. talking about his humanity, yeah. Yeah, right. And that, yeah, we're, but the deity is in question. So we're seeing that how it's like the, the division of is he just God or is he human? Well, here we can see that he is part human as well because it says he, he was hungry. Now, in that, this is where context matters. Yeah. If you did not listen to episode four, because I know people like my mother who listened to episode two, then one, then four, then three. <laughs> hey, um, we're just glad she's listening. I, praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> But if you haven't, so for some reason you start with eight, and then you haven't listened to four, listen to episode four, because we talk about Bible study, and we talk about why context is key to understanding why things are. And if you don't understand context, then the devil will trap you in these temptations. He's like, well, the Bible says that this. Well, that's a big question today with the Roe v. Wade argument. We see God, you know, say, kill these babies here or kill these babies there. It's like, so what's the context? Like, let's really look at what Jesus is saying, because we can really make God look like a bad person if we don't know the context. Oh, yeah. I can make an argument for anything if I take a scripture out of context. I'm pretty sure I can make an argument for kicking bunnies if I take a scripture out of context. It might take me a few times, but I can figure it out. And we are about to move. <laughs> Dean is making a sad face. We're <laughs> <Poor> bunnies. Little <laughs> <laughs> bunny foo-foo. Yeah. When, when Jesus responds, right? Now, you were talking about context, and you're 100% right. Um, Jesus, man, he quotes this passage, and I have read this. I've read, like, The Temptation of Jesus, I feel like, a hundred times. I've read it so much, I feel like... I could quote it, right? I've preached I've on it several times. Preached on it several times. I've read it so many times that I could almost just pass over it. But I was reading this when we were prepping for the Altered Podcast. <laughs> I was reading it, and, I, I, and I've even looked up the passage that Jesus quotes before, but it's never stuck out to me like it did today. When yeah. I was looking at the passage that Jesus quotes, because context, like Hunter was talking about, is finding what comes before the passage, what comes after the passage. Why would Jesus say, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, first of all, it has the word bread in it, right, which is important. Um, But that's not the reason why we quote things, because people love to quote all the time, Philippians, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When that passage is not talking about I can really do all things, what it's talking about is I can actually, if you look at the context, be content. But when Jesus quotes this passage, it, it so perfectly fits everything that's going on here. Because what he's doing is he's quoting Deuteronomy. Now, if you don't know, Deuteronomy is one of the most quoted books by Jesus when he quotes Scripture. So if you need, you know, that extra question, like, to ask other people, there you go. Yeah. Oh, if, if you want to know a little more trivia, what's the most quoted uh, minor prophet by Jesus? Zechariah, just so you know. Um, and so anyway, we see that Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 here. 
And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, it says, The whole commandment that I command you today, now this is God talking to the nation of Israel. He says, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Now, why is all that important and the part that comes after that? It's important because it talks about how do we resist temptation. This is Old Testament resisting temptation when all they had was the law. And so it starts out and it says, the whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. You're going to follow the commandment because God has a promise, he says. He promises the nation of Israel that they're going to go in and they're going to take the promised land that God is going to give them. What's the promise that God gives us? The promise is that we can be with God forever. Why do we resist temptation? We resist it because we want to be with Jesus for eternity. Now, do we earn our salvation? No. But why? What's a good reason why? Because we love Jesus and we want to be with him. It's an awesome reason. We remember that God has given us a promise and that it's good. And then he says, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years. So not only do we look forward to the promise, but we look back to what God has done, how he's led us, how he's watched after us, how God has blessed us at every turn, because everything that we have, I'm sitting in a house right now that God provided for me. I would have never had it without him. I have a car that I drive to work, praise the Lord, because God gave it to me. I have a beautiful, wonderful wife. Because God gave me a beautiful, wonderful wife. Hunter has two awesome children and a beautiful wife. Why? Because God gave them to him. We have everything. The Bible says that every good gift comes from above. I have a bunch of cats. I said every good (laughs) gift. (laughs) Because God gave them to me. (laughs) We can debate that later. And so what the Bible says is that we shall remember how God has led us. And that's a way that we can resist temptation. And then it goes on, and it also says that he humbles us. He corrects and tests us. Why? Because God is so good that he would correct us. Because the Bible says that he corrects his children. And so he corrects us. People don't remember that his correction, though it could be painful at times, is good. And then he goes on and he says, he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The answer was not physical. It was spiritual. Mm. And Ben's mind exploded. (laughs) And and He was over there having a Holy Ghost... Fit. I was. I was having a Holy Ghost <laughs> Jesus fit. Like, We're over here like playing around singing songs or something, and I'm like, do you know what I'm reading right now? <laughs> they're like, no, you haven't even pasted it in the plan yet. <laughs> Dina, read for us Matthew chapter 4, verse 5, so that we can uh, get to the second temptation. Gotcha. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written... He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Buddy. So, Ben, this is not for you, since you just went on this oh. rant, and you're about to go on another rant here in just a second. I'm so it's excited. It's though. in our for notes. like 10 minutes, probably. And probably. Dina and I won't have a chance to speak. So, Dina, you're our co-host creative director and now i've just promoted you i did this i put my executive foot down wow um what? to disney expert <gasps> i will gladly accept this role <laughs> another 10 percent raise <laughs> yeah so, i'm still at zero i'm the only person that's never gotten a raise in this <laughs> podcasting group there's a reason for that <laughs> <laughs> even though he does like 70 percent of the talking hey that's not true and okay so when i read 
what you just read in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 5. I think of The Lion King. Ooh, my favorite movie. Okay, so... It was my, fro- it was the, my version of Frozen when I was a kid. So I am going to have you explain to the listeners about the temptation of... What are you laughing about, Ben? <laughs> the temptation of Simba and how it affects the father and the rest of the lions on Pride Rock. Because I feel I, there's it connects, and I have it. Okay. So I think what you're referring to is when um, Mufasa takes Simba up to the very top of Pride Rock, you know, and there's this, like, epic father-son moment, and Mufasa, you know, looks down at Simba, and he looks out amongst the horizon as the sun is setting, and he goes, Simba. Everything that the light touches is our kingdom. You know, and they talk. And then eventually Simba goes, what about that dark shadowy place? (laughs) So, um, and he's like, Simba, you must never go there. And tells him it's dangerous, right? So he's kind of bummed about that. So then the next day, Simba's bouncing around Pride Rock and stumbles upon Scar. And he's telling Scar about, like, how he's going to get to be king next. And, like, what does that make him? He just can't wait to be king. (laughs) Literally. Disney, please don't put us in the copyright jail, please. <laughs> if you'd like to give us free tickets to Disney World, I will gladly accept. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, we're marketing for you. <laughs> I still want to go to Animal Kingdom, all right? <laughs> I haven't been. but so, so he's with Scar. Yes. So he's with Scar, and he's telling him that he's going to get to be king, right? And Scar's like, yay, woo, you know. And because Simba was born, that means Scar can't be king. And so... uh makes Scar really bummed about that. And so uh, Simba's bouncing around telling him about how big and brave he is and everything. And then um, Scar realizes the, that there's like a little loophole in this. And so he's like, um, so your father showed you the whole kingdom, did he? Well, did he tell you about like, I think it's like the Northland or north of wherever they're at. And um, Simba's like, no, he said I can't go there. And so he starts using words and twisting them to make it sound like, you know, only the bravest lions can go to this place. You know, and if Simba's going to be the ultimate king, he's got to be super brave, right? That was things he was just bragging about. And so, um, anyway, he tricks him into telling him that it's an elephant graveyard, which, yes, it is an elephant graveyard, but it also is home to all the hyenas. The devil's in the details. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and Mufasa technically, I don't know, there's a whole, like, we could probably talk for a whole hour about this, about whether Mufasa really rules over there, but anyway. We're not so- going to. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the Disney podcast, this is the altered podcast. We honor God and the things he does. So, anyway, you know, tells him only the bravest lines and everything, and please promise me that you'll never go there, and knowing fulling well that Simba's going to totally go over there, right? So Simba talks uh, Nala into going over there with him, and then that's whenever the little song comes along. Anyway, they end up going over there, right? Well, then he gets in trouble and all this other stuff. Eventually, in the story, in the movie... He, Scar, takes him down into this gorge. And he tells him that, you know, Mufasa has this father-son surprise for him. And he tells him that he should work on his roar. Well, Simba starts roaring, you know, because he's got this cute little roar. Eventually, the stampede, because Scar triggers the hyenas into sending the hyenas down, or the wildebeest down into the canyon... And where he's hoping Simba dies along with Mufasa. Well, Mufasa jumps down into the gorge, saves Simba, puts him up on this ledge. But one of the wildebeest ends up hitting him in the backside and knocking him down. And, you know, eventually he dies. Okay. So in this, Mufasa dies. Simba secretly lives. But Scar thinks that he's dead. And boom. All turmoil goes or comes about, right? So what is the moral of the story? It's because of Simba's temptation of just Jesus being taken to this pinnacle and saying, look at all of this. And that's what happened with Simba. Look at all of this. If he would have fell into that temptation, it reminds me that we would have all been at Pride Rock with Scar at the helm. I'm telling you. So thank <laughs> Jesus that he is not Simba and he did not get tempted in the end. 
Did he not give in to temptation? Yeah. Because he, he was not tempted. give yeah. in to Scar, a.k.a. the devil's temptation. So, because Scar knew exactly what Mufasa said to Simba, just like the devil knew scripture, but he just twisted it and didn't tell yeah, he Everything. used he used words against him. So I'm just saying it all it ties together. Ben, don't you look at me like that? It it does tie together. You know what you could say? You could say that Scar was attacking Simba's identity by saying that only the bravest lions go. You by saying what? by saying only the kingliest lions go. Ooh. You know what happens in this particular passage that we just read? Jesus has an identity attack. He is attacked in his identity. It says, the devil took him to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written. Now, this is my favorite part of the temptation of Jesus, because it is mind-blowing. Now, listen to this. It says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and, so that means he didn't quote the next line, and, on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it's written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. You know what's interesting about that? Oh, it's my favorite. I love it so much. You know what the devil totally leaves out there? This is, again, why context is so important. Jesus is quoting script. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's back that truck up because I misspoke. The devil is quoting scripture. Matter of fact, he's quoting Psalm 91. Psalm 91 says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Verse 12, on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. What's next? Oh, buddy, you, Jesus, will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. What did the devil leave out? His own demise. This passage is literally a prophecy about Jesus trampling on the devil. It's a prophecy that Jesus will go to the cross, and in that he will claim victory And he will set people free from sin and death. What does the devil leave out? The whole part about him getting trampled. That is fantastic. If you know scripture in context, you have a treasure that cannot be beaten. Verse 14 of that, by the way, says, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Guess what that is? Prophecy about Jesus. Context is so important. Because how did Jesus respond to the attack on his own character? to the attack on his literal identity, he remembers the whole truth. He remembers who he is, and he quotes a passage of Scripture that literally, literally, talks about his own deity. He quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. He says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Well, guess what? Jesus is the Lord God. <laughs> Crazy. And then he goes on and he says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. So the devil's trying to get him to go against the commandment of the Father, just like Scar was trying to get uh, Simba to go against the commands of Mufasa. Told you it clicked. I know, it does. It goes together. (laughs) Mind blown. But the Bible says in verse 18, You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. What did the Father give to Jesus? An inheritance. He gave him, literally, us. All authority. All authority in heaven and earth given to Jesus. He gave him the kingdom, and Jesus was in the process of taking it when he's tempted by the devil. Verse 19 says, By thrusting out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has promised. What does Jesus quote? A passage about his own deity and his own conquering. But in that, we see the devil try to make Jesus forget his identity. Yep. And what does the devil do to us? He tries us to make us forget our identity. It's true. And as Christians, our identity lies in the finished works on the cross through Jesus Christ. Yep. So I like to bring up Ephesians 2. I'm going to have Dina read that because she's a reading extraordinaire. She's a professional. It is. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are as his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now you thought Ben talked a long time about whatever, and you thought Dina talked a long time about the Lion King. Glad you were listening. Here (laughs) we go. All right. So, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So this tells me my state before my salvation, right? I was dead through my rejection of God, through Adam and Eve and all the people before me. And I think that's, that is right there alone. I was dead in my trespasses and sin. It's heart-wrenching when I think about my salvation. And once you once walked following the course of this world, following the princes of the power of the air. Who is that? The devil. The devil. So I worshipped the devil, is what it says. You may be saying, Hunter, I was never a Satan worshiper. (laughs) (laughs) But if you were not with Christ, or today if you're not with Christ, you're worshipping the devil, either directly or not directly, in your own mind. But if you're not following the light, you're following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, because you were disobedient, you were that person. You were in working with that spirit. Among whom we all once, so here that's where Paul says that, what I just said. We all once lived here. We all lived in our own passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and in the mind, um, and were by nature children of wrath. What does that mean, Ben? Children of wrath. Means we're bound for hell. That's right. I think we talked about this in episode one, didn't we? I think we did. <laughs> oh, I think so. <laughs> like the rest of mankind, so he's saying for people who is not saved, the rest of mankind, they're bound for hell. But God, oh, buddy, but God, <laughs> being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. Here's where our identity comes in. It's not about us. It's about him. Our identity lies in Jesus in Jesus Christ. Ben got Nemo. <laughs> By grace you have been saved. Ben taught us in episode one that grace was unearned, undeserved favor That's with right. God. See, I listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, so by grace you were saved, or you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming age he might, uh, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So again, what are we seeing here? He's not saying by you, he's saying by Christ Jesus. That's right. It's not about you, it's about Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, when the devil says, hey, Ben, I will take you and I'll give you this if you just follow me. Mm -hmm. And he tries to really work on your identity. He says, you did this last week. Mm -hmm. You you did, you had that thought Mm -hmm. about that lady who walked by. You can't follow God. You can't be saved. You can't do this. You can't do that. How are you going to sit down and do an, a podcast? An altered podcast. Yeah, an altered podcast. <laughs> How are you going to sit down and do this? Because my identity is not myself. Right. I am a wretched man mm-hmm. who, by no. nature, I was, I a, was wretched a wretched man. I was, but God. Yeah, right. But God, who was rich in mercy, set me free from that right. and changed me completely. And it's, I mean, that's just amazing how, and we need to have that same mentality when it comes to temptation, 
Jesus knew who he was. He knew where his identity lied. And we need to know who we are in Christ and where our identity lies. That's right. So many times people think that because they're tempted, that is their true identity. And that's what the world teaches us. We've talked about that in other podcasts. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that our identity, like you said, found only in Jesus. And so we can be set free from the law of sin and death because God was rich in mercy. Oh, and I, I'm I'm so excited because we're going to do a podcast one day on the butt gods but in the Bible. Yep. Woo! All it's right. coming. But we, we got to move on. Yep. So lastly, so we've talked so far about Jesus' attack on his personhood, right? The, his humanity. We talked about Jesus' attack on his identity. Now we're going to talk about Jesus' attack on his divinity. And so it says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Everything the light touches is now. <laughs> and he said to him, all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now, what do you think Jesus quotes there? What book? Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, because that's what he's been quoting the whole time. He is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6 again, and it says, It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. Now, it's interesting, because, Hunter, you read it. Who was Who's the god of this world? Satan. The one that everybody, Ephesians talks about, really goes after. But it says, You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. Mm. So what does that mean, by the way? means that if you're not serving Jesus, you're serving Satan. Mm. If you're not serving Jesus, regardless of what God you think you worship, you're serving Satan. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Not that he's jealous of us, by the way, but he's jealous for us. Mm. He doesn't want anybody to mess with his kids. That's good. For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. What he's saying is don't serve other gods, because he's a jealous God. He actually... Really and truly, I say he's jealous for us, but you know what he's most jealous of? Jealous for? Because he's not jealous of anything. You know what he's most jealous, or you could also substitute the word zealous for? His own glory. And so really, in this passage, when it says that he is a jealous God, what he's saying is he, his glory, is supreme over all other things. Now some would say, well, does that make him a petty God? No, because if you're the greatest thing ever, it's not a bad thing to be all about yourself. I was about to say, a lot of people say, well, does that make God narcissistic? That's an interesting question because I don't know. The definition of narcissistic is that you're all about yourself, right? Right. And I think that your passage that you quoted tells us that God is not all about himself. Otherwise, he would have never sent Jesus for us. He would have just wiped us off the planet and made something new. Yeah, the clear answer to that is no, he's not narcissistic. Yeah. It's because he's like, hey, look how good I am. No, he's saying, you will tell me how good I am because I am that good. Yes. And that's the thing. He he will back up the way he walks. Yeah. Every, one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God alone. Because he is the greatest thing since sliced bread. He is. He is <laughs> and greater. <laughs> There's something there greater than sliced bread. bread? Yeah. <laughs> Do what? What'd you he say? He was greater before the bread. Yeah, he was He was the best way before the bread was. He made the bread. He made the bread and the slicer that slices the bread. Wow. That's right. That's cool. <laughs> so Jesus quotes Deuteronomy chapter 6. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. So in this, Ben, in all three points, you had a common theme inside these three points. I know. I felt inspired by <laughs> Pastor Chris. The entities. <laughs> the entities, yep. We love the entities, the the. The manatees, the, all the <laughs> entities, the TTT, whatever it is. <laughs> practical ways. Yes, yeah, so we told you um, we will talk about the practical ways Jesus resisted temptation, and here they are. Remember, God commands us to do things, that, uh, and that should be enough. We've yeah. talked about that like the last three podcasts. Yeah. When God says it, you do it. Right? I told my child that this morning. I said, throw this away. And she was like, why? And I was <laughs> like, because I said to. That's enough. And he probably followed it up with, because if you don't, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but Hunter's School of Raising Children. So, Ben, tell us why that point right there goes along with Deuteronomy chapter 8. Yeah, because Deuteronomy 8 one says, The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in 
and possess the land that the Lord your God swore to your fathers. What is it talking about there? Remember that God commands us to do things like going in and taking the land, and that should be good enough. Right. You don't need to know every detail. Nope. Just do it. And God hasn't let down anybody in the last 600,000 years, and he ain't going to start today. Yeah. Number two, remember all God has done for us. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. Verse 2 says, You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. Mm. Number three, remember God corrects us, and it is good when he corrects us, even if it's painful. Yep. Uh, Verse 3 says, And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna. Now, it's interesting that he humbles us, but he also feeds us. He lets us hunger, and then yet he also takes care of us. It wasn't a filet mignon, but it was. <laughs> I, you know, I bet that manna from heaven was even better. <laughs> well, he says, uh, I, I let you hum- be hungry, mm-hmm. but I, at least I gave you bread. Well, and he does it for a reason, right? Oh, right. It's not just arbitrary. He's not just like, I'm going to let you be hungry for a while because it's <laughs> fun. No, it was for, yes, yeah, to humble them. It, and, and to bring us closer to him. Number four. Walk in his ways and fear him. And now a word from our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. All right, hold on. You ready? Yep. And number four, walk in his ways and fear him. Yeah. This corresponds with Deuteronomy 8, verse 6. Yep, yep. 8, 6 says, So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. You know, can I can I stop there for just a second? You can do whatever you want, buddy. I know it's it's the Alter Podcast, and and we're the hosts. Um, it is pretty cool there that it talks about fearing God. Now, a lot of people would say, "Why would we fear God?" I thought He was loving and all that, but God is also God to be feared. I heard a pastor say it like this once, and it made total sense to me. I fear my parents because they threaten to break my legs. <laughs> <laughs> The Hunter School of Parenting. But I also love my parents. You know, I love I love watching Lily. Um, she is the cutest little youngin. And Hunter does crack me up because he's like, do it, I'll break your legs. But at the same time, he's not saying that because he's mean. He's saying that because he loves her. Um, he's saying it because they that's the way they joke around. But he's saying it because sometimes when you love your kids, you have to discipline them too. God is a God who, who is to be feared because he... He disciplines us. He takes care of us. And he only does it because he loves us. And sometimes, like we said, it may be painful, but it's always worth it. Well, and I desire my children to succeed. Oh, that's good. Um, So if you look at the Madison County Youth Football page, you'll see that they just posted a small little flyer of my face, my wife's face. <laughs> and But it t- asks, what do you like about football? And I s- it says, I love the mindset football gives people because it will make them succeed in the sport but not only in the sport but also in life and because if you have coachable kids you'll have coachable adults Mm. right and so they'll be able to take criticism they'll be able to be corrected they'll be teachable and they'll learn how to take um, direction even in stressful situations so in all that i and in football i i am a stern coach and i get quite angry and i you know have to do things to get sometimes break some stubborn kids down but i don't do it out of being mean i don't do it out of spite but i do it because i genuinely love each and every kid i've ever coached um, because i spend a lot of time with them so in that i do the same with my children i want them to be successful so in that i tell my daughter to do something i expect her to do it i'll never tell her to do anything that's going to hurt her intentionally I always tell her to do something that's going to better her and, you know, and all those things. Like, I remember I have two kids now, <laughs> so I have sure. to use the plural, but that's so that's still new. But I always do and tell them and correct them for their benefit, not just mine. Would you say that it's because you have something better for them? Yeah. That's reason number six. Or number five, by the way. Practical ways Jesus resisted temptation. He remembered that God had something better for him. Right. Deuteronomy 8, 7, it says... For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, 
in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. You see, God has something better for us. Now, in this instance, Deuteronomy, it was the promised land. What does God promise for us, though? We can find that in Revelation 21. He talks about one day he will come back. And when he does, he will remake this world. He will give us a new heaven and a new earth, a place where there will be no pain, no suffering, where we will dwell with him forever. God has something better for us. And so when we resist temptation, we need to remember that God commands us and that should be good enough. But we also need to remember all that he's done for us, that he corrects us and it's good, that we should walk in his ways and fear him. And why? Because ultimately he has something better for us. And that one thing that's better for us that he knows is that we were children of wrath who has a path to righteousness through his son. Yep. And so if you are interested in that thought process, you can always message us on Facebook or anything like that, or listen to episode two, I believe, um, where we laid out salvation and let us know if you have any questions. Yep. Or we can po- point you to a local church or any other pastor that's nearby. So, Ben, I love doing these podcasts. We've had a two-week break. We have. But you know what my second, uh, after Bible time, as you call it, mm-hmm. um, you know what my second favorite uh, segment is? I know what you're going to say. Go <laughs> ahead. Hunter's Random Question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Ben, Dina, oh, myself. Oh, I'm included in this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all three of us. It's a We're question all to the whole group. If you had three wishes, oh. what would they be? Well, obviously, I would wish for a million more wishes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we would take away your wishes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So what would your three wishes <laughs> We're going to give you three wishes, but then we're going to take them back. Man. <coughs> well, I'm a big softie. One of my wishes would have to be, it would be the last one, but I would have to wish that my genie was released from his lamp because that's just a horrible way to have to spend eternity. Dina, what would you wish for? That's only one. <laughs> well, I don't want to monopolize the time like you all well, accuse uh, me of we're, doing. We're going to all do three, so what's your other two? Um... This sounds odd, but I would wish for world peace. Um, Man, so much of the issues the world has is because we bicker and fight and and all that stuff. That would be awesome. Um, Come on, Revelation. I know, right? (laughs) Jesus be coming back right then. I'd be wishing for Jesus to come back. Um, I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff that I would would wish for, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting a little sentimental. Y'all go ahead. Dina? It would be hard for me to not wish for good health and safety of like all of my family members. Yeah. But you have more than three family members. <laughs> so, I have a lot of family. So if you're listening, <laughs> Dina's family members, we'll see if she chooses you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first person you'll you remember, choose? You remember me talking, or you, you know how you were making fun of Ben uh, monopolizing time? Well, I could go on for like long time well okay so uh, just give me very basic three wishes I know this is tough but we have to answer them and I can edit any long pauses (laughs) (laughs) I would wish for a thousand pounds of gold (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) gosh I don't know what I would choose for maybe like that I could travel anywhere in the world for free and oh, that's a good one. have as much like have a card that like I could buy as much stuff as I wanted, you know, like I could go have pizza in Italy and I don't know, go stay in Greece and And if you do that, just like wish that you don't have like include this into your wish that you don't have to endure the travel times that you can just be there. See, I don't mind that because I read on the plane. <laughs> librarian <laughs> All right. i kind of enjoy it because that's a good solid like two or three hours where no one bothers me except to give me a drink and some <laughs> snacks like all right so you have like health and safe <laughs> you have health and safety travel and you have a last one i would probably do the same thing as ben i'd let my genie go because that would be awful well 
And then I would have a best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Men's not enough. (laughs) You have to have a genie best friend. Honestly, you need a best friend that's not your spouse sometimes. Did you ever see Aladdin? You know how cool the genie was as a best friend? Because he still kind of had like (laughs) some special powers. I'm saying that song like (laughs) (laughs) So. Couldn't resist. Now, my three wishes. Yes. First off, and I'm not a universalist. But I would have to wish that everyone comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, truly, like the true saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not just everybody hear about him. Number two, I would wish for everyone on the face of the planet to listen to the Altar podcast. Oh, <laughs> which would make us rich. <laughs> <laughs> so then we were killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. And then number three is I would wish for successful lives for my wife and children. Mm, um, I don't necessarily care about myself. Uh, and that genie, uh, he's just, he's predestined to that good work. Uh, <laughs> so See, Hunter's going to give him to Ben. He's going to give him to me, and I'll uh, let him go. And then you'll let him go. That'd oh. be good. So you get three wishes. I get three wishes. I hand him to Dina. She gets two additional wishes, and then he's free. And, and a best friend. And <laughs> a best friend. <laughs> yeah, and I just hope that, uh, you know, with all those, everything is covered. My, I would know in that that my wife and my children are saved. Because everybody came to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, and that would take care of world peace. We don't need any more riches because if everybody's saved, man, this world, like, money goes out the window. And then, and then, whenever they're saved, they get theologically rich through the altered podcast. (laughs) 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 Wow. And then, (laughs) and then. I would know that my wife and children on top of that are successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode number eight. I cannot believe that we are in episode number eight. Uh, episode four released, actually, today. It did. And it is doing very well. So, again, thank you to everyone who listens. Um, and thank you for all the feedback. If you have any questions, you can post on Facebook, onto our Facebook page, or you can message us privately, which we have got a few which has mm-hmm. been uh, great, and we love corresponding with you guys. Yep. Ben, Dina, thank you for all your hard work, and thank you for letting us host this at your house tonight. Yeah. And and surprisingly, there were no cats in the background. Yeah. To I know. Out, so. you I'm just going to have to edit us out, not the I cats. I know. <laughs> That's <laughs> odd. And episode nine is coming up. Dina, tell us what episode nine is about. So episode nine, we are honoring God in the workplace. Mm. So episode nine will come out right after Labor Day. And so we were going to talk about uh, working as a Christian inside the workplace and how can we share the gospel? How can we, um, you know, honor God and the things that he does, even as secular uh, people in the workplace? Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Altered Podcast on Anchor. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Altered Podcast. Be sure to listen next week for a brand new episode. Also, be sure to connect with us on the Altered Podcast Facebook page for updates and other cool content. See you next week.